welcome to The Trails. I'm your host, Katie Newman, and today we are talking all about ice hiking. I'm so, so stoked about this. Um, and I went ahead and polled you guys on Instagram a few days ago and asked two different questions. I asked whether or not you guys had been winter hiking, and I asked whether or not you guys had been ice hiking. Uh, not ice climbing, right? Not something really, really dramatic, but an amazing way to experience trails and the conditions that you're used to if if you go hiking or if you've never been it's a way to extend your hiking season and a way to experience a trail in a whole nother way like it's out of this world experience um it's my my second favorite way my first favorite are creek bed hikes so when i pulled you guys 80 percent of you had done winter hiking which is phenomenal like it's an amazing way to feel really comfortable with temperatures outside like it's freezing cold when you begin but if you layer correctly and you tune into another episode that we just had all about layering you're you're gonna feel exquisite outside there are no bugs like everything is still and quiet winter hiking is the best um, so 80% of you guys have experienced that and really, really enjoy it. And you guys, you guys sent me some messages about how much, uh, like that's your favorite time of year to hike and everything. So in stark contrast to that though, I think 74, 73% of you guys had never done ice hiking. Um, so this week we are going to dive into a mini technical episode about ice hiking and how to get out there and do it. So the first thing would be the purpose of it. And to me, that is to experience the like incredible (laughs) sound of ice hiking, Um, the sensation of it, the fact that it's badass because it's exotic, it's a little bit different. Like most people don't get to do that or don't have any desire to do it. And lo and behold, they are completely missing out because it is is, is mind blowing. Um, It's so simple and it's just a change in precipitation. You know, I mean, I love hiking in the rain the snow, everything like that. But ice hiking creates this new allure of a challenge that's so doable um, with the right gear. So let's go ahead. We're going to dive straight into what gear you need um, that's specific to ice hiking. And then we're going to back up a little bit. We're going to talk about a little bit more add on to the layers like we talked about in the last episode, but specifically towards winter hiking. Um, And then we're going to talk about different ways that you can go about kind of getting this gear. So the first thing that you're going to need are waterproof boots. Um, We talked about boots and having a good set of footwear, but I'm also a huge proponent of using what you have in order to get outside. Because to me, the goal is that you experience nature. The goal is to empower you with the knowledge for you to get outside. And you don't need fancy gear. You don't need copious amounts of money. Get outside with what you have. But for ice hiking, you need some waterproof boots. So boots come in three different styles. They come in lows, which are below your ankle, um, almost like a tennis shoe. But the the tread is different and it's designed with different materials to give you more of a gecko-like grip. Um, There are mids, which come right to your ankle, depending on your stature and what kind of shoe you purchase, right, around your ankle. And then there are highs. And these high top boots come above your ankle. So depending on what style of trail you do, if you're going to, for instance, out west in the United States, you're going to Zion um, or like an Arizona Grand Canyon kind of hike, you're going to be on big exposed rocks. Um, If you're doing a creek bed hike with a lot of rocks and debris, you want high top boots. And that's with a goal that it protects your ankle if you roll 
um, you roll your foot or anything like that, it really provides that extra support. So high top boots, I would highly recommend for ice hiking um, because the the friction that you're working with on the trail is totally different, right? There are parts of the trail. Let me define ice hiking. There are parts of the trail that you would normally go on. It's a normal hike, but it is covered in parts on ice. Um, it's kind of like a mixed hiking style. So there can be parts in ice. There can be parts that are covered in snow, parts that are really muddy. So this texture and this friction changes as a function of time as you're, as you're hiking. Um, and it's a new experience every time. It's a new experience at different times of the day because of the sun. I digress. So waterproof boots and high top boots are really, really important because one, they keep your feet dry. Two, they keep your feet warm because of the fact that they're dry. And they provide that extra stability that you need to be safe on the trail and to actually enjoy it. Um, so waterproof boots are pretty key here. Um, if you're not going to, yeah, I don't know how you could get around that really. Um, take an extra pair of socks, socks as always, um, put them in a baggie so that they stay dry. And if your feet do happen to get wet, like if you've got an older pair of boots, totally fine. If they're slightly leak, leaky, um, just stop and change your socks out so that your feet stay warm and they don't get really cold. Now, this leads directly into the next one, which are gaiters. Um, and these are basically like rain jackets for your ankles. Um, gaiters are this, this material that is waterproof. Uh, they have multifunctions, but they're really, really good for ice hiking because they keep all sorts of debris and moisture out of your boot. So your high top boot really helps. But if you step into, imagine walking through the snow, right? Close your eyes and imagine this, um, and as you're going through, if you step in, it's going to get straight into your boot. So gaiters help keep all of that out and they basically extend up your leg. So they, they have a hook that goes underneath, like a strap that goes underneath your boot. And then they have this part that can either Velcro or um, snap together, depending on what kind you, you use. They go up the side of your leg, up to you like your calf. Um, some of them can go up much higher and you can get like full pants for this or whatever. And sometimes hiking pants have this strap attachment or like a hook um, that can help keep it down. But in general, gaiters are phenomenal because it it just helps keep everything dry. That's their goal. Um, but they're also versatile. So if you do decide to invest in these rather than renting or borrowing, if you do decide to purchase gaiters, um, I also find it really useful. Like I love my gaiters except for when it's really hot. If it's really hot because they're water resistant or waterproof, they retain moisture. So anytime you sweat or perspire, uh, your feet are going to get soaked because of that. So it's a little bit tricky if you're going into cold, um, whether you need to make sure to ventilate it. So you can just like unzip it partially or on mine, mine's Velcro, but they're really versatile for muddy hikes. Um, snow-covered hikes, ice-covered paths, um, and sand. Like if you're hiking in desert conditions, they are phenomenal for sand because they keep all that sand and pebbles and like tiny grit, shit grit from like getting in your boot. Um, so 10 out of 10 recommend. I absolutely love them. I especially love pairing them with like a regular, like any kind of pair of legging um, or like athletic gear because it it just makes you have something that's higher quality. So if you're getting thorns and brambles and stuff into your, like on your legs and your ankles, it just protects them, especially for your girl who likes to hike in shorts. Crampons. This is our next one. 
Crampons have, again, many different tiers. Um, They come in basically just generic sizes. It's like small, medium, large, extra large kind of concept. Um, But if you're not familiar with what crampons are, they are not tampons. They are these teeth for your shoes. And they poke into, they're like spikes on the bottom of your shoe. So it's like teeth for your shoes to bite into the ice or to bite into whatever it is to give you more friction. Now, they're not very good on rocks, right? Because you just like slip on them. Anyway, so you have to be careful. Um, But crampons, you, again, borrowing, these would be my tears, borrowing, renting, buying, um, are in these sizes and they just depend on like the range of your own shoe size. They generally come in like a little bag for you to store them. And my pro tip recommendation is that you carry them with you on the trail unless you are hitting the ground running from the car to the trail and it's already icy. Don't put them on until you hit the part on the trail where you actually need them. So actual ice on there and you're starting to slip. When you feel that resistance diminish and things become really slippery, grab out your crampons and put them on. If you put them on before, they're just going to get laden with mud and debris because on all the parts of the trail where the ice has already melted, it's going to become really mushy and gritty and nasty, which is one of my favorite parts of the hike. Um, but that that means that your, your boots are going to get gunked up. So don't put your crampons on until you need them. Um, and don't be lazy. And whenever you actually don't need them anymore, like after you've put them on on your hike and you continue take them off, like sit down and take them off because it can be a little sketchy and a little bit dangerous if you're hiking on them all of a sudden on like exposed rock with no ice, okay? So there are different tiers of crampons. There are crampons that you can buy that it's basically like a a metal spider web that goes underneath your boot. And the basic ones have these metal coils wrapped around the spider web. Um, And those are really ideal for like If you're going trail running on something that doesn't have insane incline, for example, Um, or if you're even if you're just like walking to work and things are really icy, like it doesn't have to be a hiking oriented thing. Now, if you are um, going on an actual trail that has some elevation, it's a little bit more technical. Getting something that has teeth would be like the second level. So that's what I have. Um, And then the upper level are like full on boots or ones that have spikes like on the toe, on the heel. And that's what people really, really use when you are going like ice climbing. And then you would need ice axes and you would need a harness and you would need all this and helmet and all this additional gear. And you need to go with a guide um, to be able to read the ice. So it's much more analogous to rock climbing, but with ice. And that's a whole separate niche. So I encourage you to check that out if you want to. And I've actually linked to a blog um, that outlines all of this gear with photos and details and everything else um, that you guys can find if you're really interested in like ice, like the technical ice hiking or like ice climbing. Okay, now we talked a lot about friction, a lot about stability and something that really helps balance all of that out are trekking poles. Now trekking poles can be used for any kind of hike. Um, if you've got any kind of balance issue, if you've got, you you just like extra stability, um, or if you've got like an injured knee or any kind of thing that you want to prevent irritating, they're phenomenal for that. Trekking poles are amazing for if you're doing through hikes, 
Um, or if you're carrying a lot of weight, like even if you're just going overnight backpacking, but you're carrying an exorbitant amount of weight for whatever reason, or if you're solo hiking, uh, trekking poles can be really, really advantageous for helping distribute that weight on the uphill versus the downhill. Um, you can adjust them to different heights. So let me back up. If you don't know what trekking poles are, they are basically adjustable sticks. <laughs> You'll see a lot of people using hiking sticks as they walk. Um, and trekking poles are just a very strong, lightweight, expensive version of sticks. Um, and they're they're adjustable. So you've got usually like three different um, like O-ring clamps around them that you can open, adjust the height. Um, they've got handles with different materials and then they usually have little loops that you can wrap around your wrists. Um, so you wrap them around your wrists, you have the, the handle in your hand and then these sticks you adjust based on whether you're doing mostly up hiking or down hiking. And if you're doing really steep like mountain hikes, you need to adjust them. Ideally, most people do not, but ideally based on whether you're going up or whether you're going down. Um, and it's, it's an angle height. So we're not going to get into that detail here, but check out how to actually adjust and set the height of your trekking poles. It is important. And especially if you're doing long through hikes or a really intense hike, they're highly advantageous. Um, and the reason we bring them up here in an ice hiking is that because things get slippery and things get a lot messier whenever you are doing outdoor hikes in the winter. Hold up. Ooh, adjusting. <laughs> um, if you are doing outdoor hikes during the winter. So the one thing to consider is that the trekking poles come with these little shoes um, that are basically these discs and they're different size discs with different shapes depending on what kind of terrain you're going into. So if you are going onto a normal classic hike, um, not muddy, not wet, you know, really well laid out, you don't need any of these little like boots for your trekking poles. Um, these little discs. If you're going into a muddy hike, they, they have small ones that are generally like a triangular-ish shape. They've got three parts and they basically prevent your trekking pole from sinking down into the dirt when you push and have some resistance against them. Um, and then in snow, they have these large discs and that is because it gives a larger surface area. So as you push down, it prevents your trekking pole from sinking down in. So you can imagine if you're going into a more exotic hike and it's got a lot of snow on the trail, um, as soon as you poke your, your trekking pole down into the, the ground, it's going to disappear <laughs> and you're not going to have anything to push against to help you move forward. Um, so that's what those are for. They're really, really useful. They're very easy to lose. So keep them in a little pouch. All right. Now let's go next level. Uh, this is a little bit more snow hiking. So for all of my outdoor winter hikers here, which is a big group, uh, snowshoes are a phenomenal piece of gear to have. Again, highly recommend borrowing, renting, um, and eventually purchasing them. But they are just, mm, they're just chef's kiss. They're amazing. So there are, again, different types of snowshoes. Um, I highly recommend for a lot of different gear, finding an outdoor store that you trust um, and that have really good people to be able to talk to and go and pick their brain. Don't run to the store and buy the first pair of cheap, you know, gear that you can find just because you want to have them to try something. Um, there are places that will rent them to you, try universities, try schools, and eventually we'll have a bunch of resources on the site that will, will show you different places to rent or like how to find places to rent or borrow and share kind of co-op places. But 
my my recommendation is to learn as much as you need to and to figure out whether you actually like it. Like maybe you love sand hiking um, and maybe you don't like winter hiking at all. Maybe you love bugs, <laughs> but um, I think it's trying it with what you can. Anyway, snowshoes have, they can also have metal cleats. So you can get snowshoes that have basically a, a crampon style cleat that your shoe clips into. Um, and snowshoes are essentially a increasing the surface area even more of your foot so that you can walk on snow um, so that you don't sink down and you don't post hole, <laughs> which is what it's called whenever you're hiking and you hit a really deep patch of snow and you just like go right down into it, like waist deep and you can't get out. And with a really heavy like hiking backpack on, <laughs> you're screwed. Uh, no, you're not screwed, but you've got to like unclip it and take it off and roll out <laughs> and rinse and repeat. So, um, I, I've linked an REI post about snowshoes on the blog if you're interested in diving in a little bit more. Um, you know I'm not big into brands, um, but I do have to say that REI has a phenomenal group of experts as they're, um, they're just really genuine outdoor enthusiasts who generally tend to work at REI, and they're a phenomenal resource of people to ask. So, before I purchase any kind of item, I definitely pick their brains and I do a lot of research and I highly recommend it um, and borrow, borrow, get outside with groups of people. Okay, so snowshoes are really, really nice. One pro tip on this is kind of building off of the same concept from crampons is as you're hiking, you will have the need to use snowshoes. Like if you're going to Glacier National Park, um, come fall, winter time frame, you're gonna need snowshoes and even more gear if you actually want to do big hikes there. Um, Fernando and I were hiking in Glacier two years ago during this time, and we made it a couple miles into a trail, and because we didn't have ice axes and harnesses, um, and really, like, a, like legit boot crampons, we, we weren't able to finish the trail. Um, and at that point, we did not have snowshoes. We now do. Um, but we didn't have snowshoes at that point and doing that trail, it was just a lot of effort and we weren't even in waist deep snow. We were in like knee deep snow and it's, it's a lot of effort guys. <laughs> so highly recommend that you check out, you know, what park you're going to, what the trail conditions are. We talked to a lot of park rangers. We knew what we were getting into. Um, but we decided to go up as high as we could and as safe as we could. Um, and oh, the views are phenomenal. Like it's so serene and quiet and oh, I hi highly, 10 out of 10 recommend winter and ice hiking. Like don't be deterred by a change in precipitation. Just dive in, learn, and oh, just like explore as many parks as you can in different seasons. They're a whole new world depending on when you go. Okay, let's do a high level overview on things that you're going to need clothing wise for winter hiking specifically. Um... So, you, of course, you know your base layers, your underwear, bras, um, any kind of athletic gear, cotton, like whatever you need. Um, but the main things that you're going to layer on top of that would be an immediate pair of thermals. Um, so, I highly recommend like thermal leggings and a long sleeve thermal. And then paired over to that would be some kind of a zip up fleece jacket so that you can easily regulate your temperature um, for winter hiking. So, and then on top of that, I highly recommend pairing some kind of a puffy winter coat. Something that is lightweight, collapsible, so that if you get out in the middle of the hike and it's blaring, like blazing sun, you can easily take your puffy coat off, stuff it in the top of your pack where it's easily accessible, and then take it out when you need it again. Um, or even strap it on the back of your pack if it's not currently raining at that point. 
Um, winter pants are really nice to pair over to that, especially if there's light precipitation while you're doing a winter hike, even if it's snow, anything like that. Um, having winter pants that are rain resistant or rain proof are really nice. Keep in mind that if they are rain proof, it means you will perspire a lot, which means you need to be better about regulating your temperature pre-sweating. Um, rain pants, rain jacket, also things to take. Um, I always, always carry my rain jacket regardless of whether it's a sunny day or not. Like I always have it. Um, I'm sorry, regardless of whether it's a rainy day or not. If it's a sunny day, I still take it. You guys know my rule, two pairs of socks. Um, two pairs of socks are also really advantageous to actually wear. If you're getting blisters or you're breaking in a new pair of shoes, new shoes don't really have break-in times anymore because they're so synthetic. The, the breaking in shoes is kind of a, an old mentality from like leather boots. Um, so you don't really need a break-in period anymore for really good um, or even like normal hiking boots. But two pairs of socks is really good because it changes the friction from your skin to your boot to the sock in the sock. So I highly recommend, even if you wear two pairs of socks, always carry an extra pair in case you get sweaty. In case it gets wet, change them out. Headband, beanie, um, any kind of headgear. I highly recommend taking both because sometimes at a summit on top of a mountain, the weather conditions completely change and it's really advantageous to have your ears covered as well as your head. So I pair both a lot of times whenever I'm doing winter hiking. Uh, it's also a really easy way to regulate your temperature. If your hands and feet get cold, cover your head. Even if the rest of your body's warm, cover your head, your feet and hands will heat up. Um, if you need to regulate your temperature and cool off, stripping off a beanie or some kind of a scarf, like a buff, is a really easy way to keep moving and keep your temperature, like core temperature up, but cool down just a bit. And the last thing would be the glove mitten pair. So this duality is really advantageous. Um, it's really good for winter biking, hiking, any kind of outdoor activity because Wearing a thin but warm pair of gloves paired with mittens allow your fingers to continue to be able to move so that you have blood circulation. Um, and then wearing waterproof mittens is amazing and it's really easy to, again, regulate your temperature, especially when you've got trekking poles on and a backpack and you've got all this extra gear. You don't want to stop and sit down all the time. It's just super obnoxious and it's going to detract from, from your experience in hiking, which is the whole goal of getting you outside. Okay, last thing. So one thing that people generally tend to forget when they're winter hiking, um, ice hiking, it's all the same thing at that point, is that you get dehydrated really easily. So make sure to drink a lot of water on the trail and take as much water or even more water than you would because you're going to be putting in a lot of effort and energy and you're not going to notice that you're perspiring. So that's pro tip. Um, keep in mind, you can get sunburned very, very easily whenever it's a snowy condition because everything is reflecting back onto you from the sun or from the sun, from the snow. So definitely sunscreen, take things to be protected from that. Um, take sunglasses, sunscreen, hat, that kind of stuff. Don't forget about it just because it's winter and it's not the beach. Um, always take water, snacks, camera. I mean, you don't have to take a camera headlamp um, and a bag to pack out your trash and then but the camera is kind of a reminder to enjoy it like take something that you enjoy doing if you enjoy journaling take your journal if you enjoy taking photos take it if you enjoy drawing take it if it's something new use it as an opportunity to pair it with being outside and spending time um, with something that's really really good for you so with that I 
I'm so happy that you guys tuned in. I hope this inspires you and empowers you. Like, I hope it makes you feel like this is something that is accessible and doable. Um, and if, if you still feel a little bit uncomfortable, reach out and find a group. Um, find a group that you can go with, a women's group or a men's group or an all-inclusive group or um, anything, any kind of group that makes you feel empowered. Find them, cling to them, and go do something new. Do something a little bit scary. Um, and with that, if you don't already know, each blog post uh, or each episode is paired with a blog post on the site. And I hope that you check those out and see those resources for you. There's a downloadable checklist and there are some personalized checklists that you can do. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. So with that, have an amazing week. Have an amazing weekend. And I will see you next week with To The Trails podcast. Bye.